world. This is Colby Abaz on KTWHLP 99.5 FM into Harbors, Minnesota, and streaming online at ktwh.org. Welcome to Energetic Talk, brought to you by a partnership of clean energy resource teams and Two Harbors Community Radio. I'm excited to bring you conversations about clean energy and get your questions answered by our guests from near and far. This month, we are focusing on driving into the future of transportation. Today's topic is on transportation and electric bikes with my guest, Peter Harris. Enjoy a little music by Pig's Eye Landing while I get Peter on the line. I am pleased to welcome our guest, Peter Harris. Peter works at Wolf Ridge ELC and has been a big part of the solar and wind installed at the school. He also developed the curriculum to incorporate the renewable energy not only as a power source, but also as an education source for the thousands of students that visit each year. Peter has been active on many energy-related boards and organizations in the region and is currently on the steering committee for the Northeast Clean Energy Resource Team. Well, Peter, welcome to the show. Thank you, Colby. Good to be here. Wonderful. Sounds like we can hear you just fine, so we'll get right on into it. Um, I'd love to, first off, just hear your story about transportation and why this is a topic of interest to you. Well, for me, um, I think transportation is a way of seeing the world, and I was brought up to get out and look at things. My family took us out from an early age to explore locally, and as the time periods went on in my different parts of my life, I explored in various ways. So I've seen lots of different transportation systems over the uh, over my lifetime. Um, I guess my first one, which was kind of fun, was uh, the experience of um, my pedal car at age three, which was a 57 Chevy and uh, evidently escaped out the back uh, gate and uh, proceeded to have an end-on-end rolling accident, but uh, it was never forgot by my family. But uh, I got better at uh, different transportation methods and uh, um, passive non-combustion um, uh, transportation has been a big portion of my life. Cool, yeah, no, I guess you were pedaling from an early age and hopefully now that you're going a little faster speeds, you won't do a head over head again <laughs> yeah i try try to keep that from happening that's no yeah problem. so has it mostly been kind of bicycles and did you grow up with a car in your household or um what's your experience with like public transportation or kind of alternative mobility vehicles yeah so it was pretty traditional family in a lot of ways growing up in minneapolis to start with and we actually had a like a 58 Chevy that I can kind of remember as a little kid. Um, so the cars um, were generally a friendly place, and I remember, you know, like I said, going adventuring. 
And then the important part was, is that my experience, parents expected we were outside all the time, and so just roaming around. Um, that meant on foot and to the woods. Um, it meant uh, playing in the streams. It meant uh, bicycling. And uh, so passive transportation was really pushed, uh, and that's where I kind of gained my first um, kind of interest in that. But I did then go to Philadelphia, and growing up there, and you get to see a lot of different transportation. In fact, my third grade class made a big deal of seeing how many different transportation modes we could go from our little suburb school into downtown Philadelphia. And I think we did nine different transportation modes within about 15 wow. miles. So, you know, it was. I've also seen larger metropolitan areas um, for mass transit um, and different parts. And I remember being struck by... Um, place called Germantown near uh, Philadelphia, and they had um, electric uh, buses. And those buses, I think, date back to the early 1900s. Uh, they were taken out, unfortunately. Now, of course, you know, the electric uh, vehicles are coming back. I so know, and now we have electric buses in Duluth that they're testing out. So Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, I remember as a young kid thinking about cool electric buses and electric trains were a big thing there um and so now i'm seeing the full cycle of things going around uh, again and coming back that's pretty exciting and so it sounds like you grew up in minneapolis and got to explore some different cities and different forms of transportation but now you live up here in the two harbors lake county area and very different area here um don't have a whole lot of public transit pretty spread out people so how did your kind of interaction with transportation uh, change when you moved up to this rural life? Yeah, and as a, as a college person and then kind of going up, I really didn't own a car, I think, until, or a car that was doable as far <laughs> as reliability um, until I was in my, my upper 20s. Um, so it was kind of borrowing rides from people. And coming up here, I worked at the Wolfridge Environmental Learning Center since about 1984, and uh, I remember it was a big deal then, trying to get everybody to jump in the car, we uh, go down together to Duluth or somewhere else, and then as I became an older person, you know, trying to, or a little older and independent, uh, as far as non-group things all the time, trying to find friends and moving around was always a challenge, um, but we seemed to find group places. So I think the idea of sharing transportation was ingrained. Yeah. I got them easier, though. And so I, I think that's where uh, we slid. But our, our family did try to tend towards um, energy efficiency in, in our vehicles and would try to think out how we would do our trips. So our have um, been able to experience um, uh, hybrids and uh, very fuel-efficient and not-so-fuel-efficient. So, fuel efficient. so uh, I've seen the gamut um there. And I have a particularly actual love for um, our hybrid that we had. Okay, and was, so that was like a Prius or some other hybrid car? Yeah, so it was a Prius, and we had it for about six years until it got into an accident. Um, but it was, I'm kind of a tall person, and I'm, a large portion of me is, is all legs. And mm -hmm. so trying to fit into a car, and you know, I was a little skeptical, oh, a Prius, you know, for fitting into, and it turns out that that was been the most uncomfortable car that I've ever had that 
it's not the vertical space that's important for your legs. It's the ability to stretch them out. And a Prius has an amazing amount of leg space, along with some other electric vehicles that I've used. And I don't know if that was planned out or just because of the design, you know, accident. But yeah, was, gosh, I, I never would have imagined on. that. And I know several tall people that are constantly struggling to find a car they can be comfortable in. So that's yeah. great to so hear. I would push... Yeah, I would push towards that. And the other thing that people were really skeptical was, like, uh, you know, getting a smaller car, like a Prius, is it going to hold up on the back roads in northeastern Minnesota? Turns out it's one of the strongest cars we've ever had. And I think this can be said about all electric vehicles uh, these days, is that they have to support a lot of weight, so their frames are really well built um, and do well on, um, you know, a lot of conditions that we would assume that only a truck would do. So that impressed me. The other part was um, the traction that we got. Clearance was a bit of an issue but um, for snow, but the traction was incredible. The trick was to have snow tires. So Yeah, um, those make a big difference. They do, yeah. So, yeah, Electric uh, kind of got an introduction to that, and um, now we're moving on to uh, thinking about how do we get the next one, because um, you know, the cost is coming down, and our family is like, whoa, when should we do this? So our, our last step with electric was um, with bicycles again. So going back on that world. And um, so that's kind of an interesting story to explore. Right. So you grew up riding a bike around your community, and now you're switching back. And what made you decide to get an electric bike? Well, a couple things. Just like you said, uh, bicycle um, being kind of accepted as a serious tool for getting around. And, and I did, which didn't come up with yet, was I did take a voyage around the United States. where So I circled um, the whole United States, essentially. 13,000 miles in one year worked along the way. And to me, that was uh, evidence that, you know what, a bicycle is a serious transportation um, system. You can do a lot with it. I carried everything I needed for one year on that bicycle. So I, I wow. take bikes serious. So that was the first part, was just this realization that, um, you know, a bike's there. And again, you get kind of lazy when you raise a family, you know, and it's like, so slipping away from bikes. So, so I thought, like, hmm, this is coming back. And, in fact, I think it was with your family. I went to Wisconsin um, probably about 15 years ago to a um, Midwest Renewable Energy Association fair over there and i saw some of my first electric bikes there and i was like wow this is cool wonder how i can make this happen and so i kept dreaming how i could make it happen and then voila about three years ago um my boss got one and i actually saw i think your family riding one talking about it and i was asking questions like because it's it's about a 600 foot climb from my house to work up at in Finland. Yeah, we've got some not, hills here. We do, just about as big as any place in Minnesota. And by the time you take it all in, it's close to 1,300 feet of elevation change. So that you've got to climb, you know, kind of up and down. So it's a lot. It's about 12 miles. So it's like, hmm, you know, I, I'm, my legs aren't quite as much. And so uh, <laughs> Shannon uh, said, hey, Peter, you want to try this? And I said, oh, I don't know. She kept talking it up, and it's like, I don't know. <laughs> and finally, I went and I jumped on borrowed. I came home to carry my wife, and it was like, 
this is incredible. You feel like you're superhuman. You have to work. You sweat a little bit. But the things you can do are amazing. And so I was sold, and we figured out. And about three months later, we ended up buying our first one. She tried it and was like, oh, I got to get one, too. <laughs> and then at least two other people in the area got some, along with Shannon's family getting a bigger one for transportation. So I think in our little town of Finland now, I want to say that there's at least six electric bikes um, that are out uh, transporting people around. Wow, impressive. And so it sounds like these aren't just like for leisure rides either, like you're using these as your primary commute vehicle. So I have to, I'll be honest, I'm still, we're, we've been kind of going through from COVID and a bunch of other things, and, you know, kind of that transition of finding that perfect mix of when don't I need the car? We're transitioning there. So like yesterday we had a doctor's appointment and was like, oh, should we just take the car? No, let's take our bikes. And it turned out doing the five miles, did it in 14 minutes, you know, averaging like 23 miles an hour. And again, it's not a free ride. You don't turn on the electricity and bam, you go. You have to ride and you have to expend your energy. So, yes, we're figuring it out and using it more. Some of my friends that use them um, are really using them every day in transport. Um, and sometimes it's over 10, 15 miles one way. Wow, nice. If you're just tuning in, this is Energetic Talk with Colby Boz on KTWH 99.5 FM, radio with a lake view. Today we are talking with Peter Harris about transportation and electric bikes, so let's get back to the interview. So, describe like the experience of a bike ride you've had recently, and yeah, what's it, what's it like to ride an electric bike? You mentioned it. You feel like a superhuman, but yeah, just elaborate on that experience for our listeners. Okay. So when, um, you know, electric bikes started, I think, remember this, the, the, the motor for them was actually in the hub of the wheel um, that would transport. Now they've come to the point where they're putting the, the motors and in the gear system where the pedals are. Um, so it's kind of in that, that area there where the, the motor's actually turning things. They also are using computerization, and it's, I'd say, as reliable as a car. Um, the computerization, what it does is it can, you can choose different um, levels of energy that you want the bike to put out, so three different levels, from where you're working pretty hard to three where you're getting some pretty fast speed. And the goal of it is, is it's not a linear amount of energy, so it's exponential as you work harder, you're going to generate more electricity um, in, in a point where you can easily hit in the 20s, 30s, about the max for, for most electric bikes. Um, and, again, you only get motion going forward with the majority of electric bikes um, unless, with, unless you're pedaling, nothing happens. So you need to, to pedal. And... Okay. Uh, it's just like a pretty much typical um, 10-speed bike. Most of them only have one um, gear set in the front, and then there might be nine or ten in the back. Um, and then the lifetime is increasing in the battery. So on a flat ground, going at a lower level, it would be pretty doable to travel up to, on a flat uh, commute, a total trip of about 45 miles. Wow. Um, 
the elevation that I deal with, and, and like my going from my home, is really fun. Um, I travel. I go right from Lake Superior up to the uh, top of Wolf Ridge, which sits at the top of a hill, so it's just about the highest spot right along the shore near where I live. That's about a 600-foot difference. But along that, going to work, it's about a 1,300-foot uh, elevation change between all the hills going, and it's 12 miles. I can do that um, trip in about 45 minutes. So um, it makes it doable. You know, you don't have to get up like three hours before. And also um, having gear for it is great, but you, you're not going to sweat. Um, then we can, mm-hmm. at work, I can charge the, the bike up and it's ready to go back down. Cool. So, yeah, that was going to be one of my other questions was like, because that's one of the trade-offs of your bike to work, but then you're all sweaty and is there a shower at work? But it sounds like you're able to have it help enough to kind of get you there without sweating too much. But is it still a workout then? Because you've mentioned that it's like you are still kind of needing to pedal, but are you pedaling hard? Or like, what's the kind of compromises there? Yeah. And so um, the compromise is you can choose it, like I mentioned. So if you're going a short distance and speed is your priority and you don't want to sweat much, you can choose a higher level of um, energy. And you're, you know, on a flat ground, you could just, probably much go around you wouldn't look like you were sweaty at all but you will feel the workout in your your legs and one thing i can pass on is that a good bicycle ride be it totally um people powered or with assist uh should consist of your legs feeling like they're spinning so a bicyclist is going to refer to it as spinning you never want to feel like your knees are like super grinding you always want to use a gear where you're you know you're spinning it around and you're getting it up the speed um so you 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 get that and that gets your cardiovascular stuff going but again um, enough so you you can do that and my um, yesterday my trip i was able to i use 106 uh, kilocalories so i think i could have eaten um about one candy bar, you know, after that. Mm. Uh, <laughs> That's a good way of thinking <laughs> about it. Yeah. And the other kind of thing, you know, this is energy that I think you're like talking to people about, but bicyclists measure their energy output in terms of watts. And so an Olympic bicyclist will talk in terms of they expended this many watts of energy or um, in, in talking about the energy consumption for riding a bike. Interesting. That is something I did not know. So we got a few more minutes here. I'm wondering what's something you would want folks to know or think about if they're considering getting an electric bike? Okay. I think it's a legitimate option to another car, um, truly. And, you know, if it's safe along your road, um, if you have, you know, commutes that are flat, maybe under 15 miles, um, it has a lot of um, doability. So I'd consider that. The cost is um, getting um, a lower-end one. You're still talking $1,000. The upper-end ones are 4000 But when you look at that yeah. compared to uh, a, a motorcycle, car, or whatever, it's still a really good deal. So how does that work with winter? Like, Are you still able to bike into the shoulder seasons at least or through the winter or is it just a summer commuting tool i have tried uh through october and november 
Um, I have personally ridden in snow when I was younger. It's not my favorite thing, I have to admit. But there are people, and it's mainly getting into that rhythm of I wake up, I go and do this activity, I feel good afterwards. Once you start that, then it's not bad. It doesn't matter if it's cold season or warm season. And getting the appropriate clothes. So there are some cycling clothes you can get. I highly recommend um, padded bicycling pants that have Mm -hmm. chamois in them, keep chafing. Um, There's also riding shoes. You can get special winter gear and winter tires. So for those people that are interested in the shoulder season, it's doable. Um, of course, you know, you got to be challenged some, but, um, yeah, people yeah. are doing that. That's, that's great to hear, and then you'd stay in shape year-round. Right. And, again, it's, um, to me, it's always hard to first start doing that ride but I'm always so glad when I'm in it, in the ride, that I'm looking around at things happening. I'm feeling good. I'm breathing nicely. And by the time I get to my destination, which is maybe twice as long as driving the car, not too long, um, I feel good. so much better. Yeah, and then you're psyched up and ready for the workday. So. You bet, yes. Cool. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. And any... Last comments you want to make before we bid you farewell? Um, I will say this. In, in uh, the Twin Ports, um, you probably have friends that have electric bikes. They're taking off and along the North Shore. Get out there and try one. You'll be amazed. Yeah. Thanks a lot. Wonderful. Well, thank you for being on the show, and you have a wonderful day, and enjoy those fall-colored bike rides. Thanks, Colby. Bye. That was Peter Harris talking with us about transportation and electric bikes. Tune in again next week on Thursday at 7 p.m. when we will be continuing to drive into the future of transportation. Next month's theme will be all about high-performance buildings. If you have any questions you would like answered on the show, please email them to colby at cleanenergyresourceteams.org. Thank you for joining us in Energetic Talk. Special thanks goes to Carlisle Evans Peck for the theme song and our featured artist, Pig's Eye Landing. I hope you enjoyed listening to KTWH 99.5 FM and we'll tune back in next Thursday at 7 p.m. And on the air and online at ktwh.org. This is Colby Abaz signing off.
whiskey's in the jug, boys, that wheat is in the sack. And we'll trade down Shawnee Town and we'll bring the rocks all back. And it's hard on the beach boy. She moves too slow. Way down Shawnee Town on the Shawnee Town on Ohio. 